welcome to Block in the Back. On this podcast, we chat about all things Dynasty Fantasy Football from leagues to rankings. Now don't turn your back, square up and get ready to have some fun and get your teams to a championship with your hosts, Tyler Fish and Ryan Paulish. Welcome back to Block in the Back, everybody. I'm your host, Tyler Fish, alongside my co-host, Ryan Polish. We've got some exciting things on the horizon. Our website is live. We are pumped. We are jacked. Ryan, what do you got for listeners today? Oh, man, we literally just published our website about five minutes ago, and we are extremely excited about it. Um, You guys can check out our rankings. We have individual rankings. Uh, We have consensus rankings. We have articles. We have a really cool thing. It was Tyler's idea, the a team evaluator. So on our website, you guys can submit your roster to us. We'll get it in our in our block in the back email, and we, we'll give you feedback personally on what we think that you should do with your team going forward. I think it's a really cool feature. It's unique. I really haven't seen it on, on any other websites that I've visited personally, but very, very cool. Um, another cool thing that we have going we get to be a part of the Scott Fishbowl Podathon. So the Podathon is 24 straight hours of podcasting about fantasy football. That is on July 5th and 6th. So we uh, we were able to get a donation uh, toward the Scott Fishbowl Podathon, and all that money goes toward kids' toys for Christmas. So it's a really good cause. We get a little blurb in that Podathon, a little advertisement. So we're we're just happy to be a part of it and. We're lucky to be a part of it, and it's a pretty cool thing, and we're really excited about it. That is a really great opportunity and a, a good cause where the money is going. So, I mean, you feel good about that every day of the week. <clears throat> Ryan and I are, are here, and, and we're excited to talk about the, the Dynasty rookie receivers. And some of you may have had your rookie drafts already. That's fine. You know, we just had ours this past weekend and, you know, how it shook out for us. And, uh, you know, it's just – I love talking rookies. I think people like hearing about rookies. So this is our consensus rankings. You know, tweet at us if if you like it, if you agree with it, if you don't, whatever, that's fine. All right. So we're going to start us off here. We did running backs last week. We'll do receivers this week. And I really like this receiver class. And coming in at our number one consensus ranking is CD Lamb. And I don't know many people that have anybody other than CD above. Some people do like Judy a little bit more. Um, but I, CD is just, he's the guy for me. And some people might argue, you know, he went to Dallas and there's no really room for him. And we've kind of discussed, he's going to do just fine volume wise. Okay. CD is a stud. There's no way around it. He, he's going to get it done in the NFL. He runs great routes. He's quick. He has great hands. He's great after the catch. He's really everything I'm looking for. I'm really excited in that offense, Mike McCarthy offense and Dallas there. He likes to throw the ball, you know, and he's going to, even though CD's probably going to be that wide receiver three, he's probably going to get a lot of snaps. So I think his opportunity is going to be there. I could, we can see probably an 800 yards and six touchdowns in year one, I think is very, very realistic. Ryan, what do you think about CD? Yeah, obviously he's my wide receiver one too. That consensus rank, we both had him ranked number one. Um, CD Lamb, like you said, his rookie year. So Randall Cobb, I just had it pulled up. Randall Cobb was a wide receiver three there last year. And he had 83 targets, 55 catches, 828 yards receiving, and three touchdowns. Now, I can see C.D. Lamb getting a pretty similar stat line. Um, I would even say maybe a little bit, maybe a couple more touchdowns thrown in there. 
So I do think he has a pretty good rookie campaign, and there's a lot of chatter about the possibility of Amari Cooper's contract only guarantees him um, about half that money that he's that he's supposed to be getting. So I think he would potentially be able to – they'd be able to move on from Cooper, and then they might be looking at um, Lamb and Gallup going forward. I mean, that's just a possible situation. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But you might be seeing C.D. Lamb emerge as that number one or two in Dallas sooner than you might think. Uh, and he's just the most talented receiver in this entire class, which is impressive because it's a very good class. I had the 1.01 – if you listen to our pod last week, I had the 1.01 due to a trade I made in the previous year. And I, I kind of lucked out there and I took Jonathan Taylor. I love Jonathan Taylor. I really wanted CeeDee Lamb and I did everything I could to kind of either trade back or get back in. And I wanted a piece of CD and I just couldn't make it work with my team without giving up too much. And that's the way it is. But uh, Ryan, who do you got for us? who comes in at second for us in the listeners. We really like this class. There was only a couple of people we really didn't, you know, get, a, you know, along with and, and agree upon. But most of the time we were, we were pretty similar in our rankings here. So who do we have next? Yeah. So number two and three are actually tied for us. And I'm guessing we were flip-flopped on them. Uh, we'll just talk about the first one that we have up here on our site is Jerry Judy. Um, I actually had Jerry Judy at three. I'm guessing you had him at two, Tyler. Uh, yeah, I had Jerry at two. Okay. So, I mean, Jerry Judy is obviously a fantastic wide receiver. Um, I do like him. Uh, one of the best route runners in the class. Uh, extremely, extremely quick out of the breaks. Gets low in and out of his routes. And he goes to a team in Dallas who really doesn't have a number two wide receiver. They have a Denver. young – what did I Denver. say? You said Dallas. Oh, yeah. That was the last guy. Denver. Yeah, we already talked about him. Yeah. Um, Denver. Uh, they don't really have a number two wide receiver. They they have Cortland Sutton, who's that big outside guy. And Jerry Judy, I think, is going to emerge as just a stud slot guy who's going to be able to run those nice, crisp routes over the middle and be able to make plays happen after he catches the ball. And they got that young, emerging quarterback in Drew Locke so the the issue why I'm kind of had him down just a tick from you Tyler is I think his success uh, early or at least in the first five years of his career rides almost entirely on Drew Locke if Drew Locke flops and they got to draft another rookie then he takes time to develop and it just kind of bugged me a little bit um, but I do think he is one of the most talented wide receivers in the class you know, the thing with Drew Locke is, is he actually played pretty well when he stepped in last year. And that's why yeah. I actually, I like Drew Locke this year. I really do. Um, but tied at two there is, uh, so for two, three there, uh, we have Justin Jefferson tied as well. And Ryan loves Justin Jefferson and uh, in Minnesota there. I do as well. Uh, I had Justin at three. So both great receivers. I like I've I've mentioned on the pod before. I'm not long term Adam Thielen. I just I don't see it. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback. That's a great offense. That's almost perfect. A perfect fit. Justin Jefferson to the Vikings. His college production was just off the charts. He he gets it done in every facet of his game. So I I, I feel great. And Justin Jefferson went pretty high in our draft as well. Uh, but he's he's a phenomenal player. And if you're getting him in a rookie draft, you got to feel good about it. Absolutely. Justin Jefferson, he stepped into, to me, like one of the perfect situations 
with with Stefan Diggs leaving there. He had Kirk Cousins, who who's a very accurate passer, top five in the league actually, and Adam Thielen going to be 30, 30 or thirty one during the season. So he's only got like a year or two left on his contract, I believe, and he could be out shortly. Uh, he was hurt with a hamstring a lot of last year. I think he missed ten games, um, or he played ten games, but with hamstrings, they linger. And especially when you're getting older, that can come back with one fly route. You never know. And Justin Jefferson is a huge contested catch guy, runs really, really good routes. He's going to fit in just perfect with Adam Thielen probably on the outside. And Justin Jefferson, he can play all over the field. And he's, gonna, he's got a really clear path to start right off the gate. So I think he's going to have a pretty, pretty nice rookie year and have the potential to be the number one pretty soon. Yeah, I just – and, and I've mentioned before, don't expect a whole lot out of a rookie receiver. But I look at some of these rookie receivers and who they're battling playing time with. I mean, they're better than those people. Justin Jefferson is better than Ola B.C. Johnson. It's not even close. So do I think Justin Jefferson is going to play? Yes. Do I think he's going to be great? Yes. Uh, how long before we see absolute greatness? I don't know. But I think he's got a, he's got a path to start, like you just said. So... Moving on to our next player here that came in at four at our rankings, because we now if you're keeping up with us at home, CD, Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson tied. Jalen Reger, Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, the TCU grad. <clears throat> Actually, I don't even know. He might have left early, so maybe he didn't graduate. But fourth guy in our rankings, speedster. Okay, he, he moves really well, and he goes to an offense with another great quarterback in Carson Wentz. Now, the Eagles brought back Deshaun Watson, or not Deshaun Watson, oh, wow, one of those days, uh, Deshaun Jackson, correct? Yes, correct. Okay, uh, they got Elshon Jeffrey yet, um, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, what's his situation? I don't know. You got uh, Zach Ertz, Dale Scatter. There's a lot of mouths to feed there. I've seen people hyping up Jalen Reger to be the – you know, the best producing rookie. I don't know if I see that just because there's too many miles to feed. Then you got Miles Sanders who's going to take stuff in the passing game. I, I mean, do you agree with, I do like Jalen Rager long-term. That's why he's at four in our rankings, but do you see him having one of the best rookie or, you know, the best seasons out of the rookie receivers? I, I don't, I can't buy into that. No, I agree. Um, I, yeah. It's hard to say. I do think he's going to start right out of the gate, but you got to think, and what they've done in the past. So you're going to have Jeffrey there. You're going to, we don't know what J if he's going to take a step forward. I Ertz is like the first or second option there. And I think Godert could be the third option on that offense. So where does that leave Rager with targets? I think it's going to be a little limited until maybe Jeffrey's gone or he kind of just gets a little more time on the field and proves himself. But the thing that I really like about Rager, and I was preaching this before the draft even started, how much I liked him is He's, he's a dynamic guy. You saw him return punts in college. Uh, he, with the ball in his hands, he can make plays happen. He's a really, really fast wide receiver who runs pretty darn good routes. And I think that's a good fit right there at the Eagles. They're kind of missing that niche that Rager can bring to him. And I think he will start or at least play a lot of snaps right out of the gate. So we'll see what they want to do with him, if they're going to have some trick plays or end arounds just to get him the ball because he is so dynamic. But I don't think he's going to be – like top four rookie wide receivers as far as receiving yards goes. No, I agree. And, and when you originally 
when you were talking about those pieces there and we mentioned Dallas Goddard, if, if you're still listening to us, thank you. But you need to go Google Dallas Goddard punch right now and just go take that out because Dallas Goddard got absolutely clocked in the jaw uh, at a restaurant. And I guess it, he's fine and everything, but the punch was, was legit. And it, he was not paying attention. Some guy just came up and sucker punched him. I'm a huge Dallas Goddard guy. And Ryan, you just acquired him. Um, hopefully his health is good and everything like that. But if you have not seen that yet, go Google it right now and just see that guy can't even go out to eat without getting hit. Like what? I, I apparently nothing had happened and he didn't provoke anything. That's just bizarre. And he was back in South Dakota where he's from. So that was a little puzzling, but Ryan, you acquired him, right? You're a big fan. Yeah, definitely a big fan. I like the, I like the way his career is going. He's getting better and better every year. Um, Ertz is getting a little bit older, uh, not terribly, but is he's going to be on a contract here right when Ertz is going to be hitting his stride for like prime tight end years. So I'm excited about Goddard for sure. Yes. Uh, moving on rankings wise and a guy that, that went pretty high in our rookie draft actually, and that's T Higgins out of Clemson. Um, and he came in at a a 5.5 rating for us. So he was, he's next in line. He's our fifth receiver ranked. And Ryan, you want to talk about T a little bit? I I do really like T. He's a little raw, but uh, is he the AJ Green replacement? I personally think he is. I loved T Higgins on film. What I saw on film was a, was a tall, lanky kind of wide receiver that also paired that with very good routes. And he's got really good speed on top of it. And I saw him countless times go up and high point a ball and contested catch and come down with it. And in, in a pretty good conference. Yeah, he had Trevor Lawrence throwing him the ball, but now he's got Joe Burrow throwing him the ball. So, sure, it might not be the best year one with A.J. Green there, but you're not drafting him for year one at all. You're looking for a year two breakout, get him some snaps this year. Um, A.J. Green is 90% probably out the door after 2020. And I think T Higgins will step right in there. And I think he's going to be the number one there with a Tyler Boyd is a very good compliment, but I love T Higgins skill set. I love his size. I love his route running to pair with him. I love his contested catch. And then I just think him growing with Joe Burrow is going to be really good for a lot of years. I could see T Higgins having one of those. I don't want to say as bad as like uh, JJ or Sega Whiteside, but I can see him having a, a bad rookie year just due to lack of volume. And you look at his numbers at the end of the year and you're going to be like, well, I thought T Higgins was supposed to be good. And any smart dynasty player is going to say, no, the good things are coming. So I think you'll see some flashes from T, but you're not going to see a huge, enormous amounts of yardage. It'd be Uh, a really, it'd be a really good time at the end of 2020 when he probably does have that bad year. It'd be a really good time to kind of just throw out some feelers for the T Higgins owner to see, See what if, if they're sleeping, if they're down on him a little bit. He's a first-round pick in in rookie drafts. If you can get him for for a second and a third, or a or a lower end player and a third and a second, I would absolutely do that and try to pounce on that. If you catch somebody sleeping after the stats in twenty twenty, that is one of my favorite things to do is is look at players. And I had tried to acquire Corey Davis for so many years, and thankfully I didn't end up getting him, but. I always looked at players who had high draft capital and they were drafted high in our league. So they, they had once a lot of value. And then I go and I tried to get them for less. 
And I'm sitting here with Nikhil Harry, who I took at 1.03 last year. And nobody came barking at me for Nikhil. And that's fine. I'm going to hold Nikhil. I actually think he has a nice year. Cam Newton to the Patriots, by the way. Cam, what kind of outfits is he going to wear in his press conferences? I, this is going to be interesting. I don't know. Bill Belichick is like the absolute genius. We're going to go off on a tangent here for just a brief second. They lost their, their third-round pick due to the Spygate stuff. Then Bill goes and he signs Cam Newton. Cam Newton's going to probably somehow produce and put up pretty good numbers to the point where he leaves for free agency, and then Bill is going to get this compensation pick. Bill is so far ahead of every other coach in the NFL. He's just an absolute wizard, him in that cutoff sweatshirt. He's just a beast. So uh, that's my tangent there. Cam Newton of the Patriots, you like that, right? I do, actually. I think I think he has a good year. And, yeah, watch Cam just play this so smoothly, get signed to a great coach, great offense, and have him put up big numbers, and then he's going to sign some monster deal somewhere. Yeah, I we talked. That was one of our first pods. We thought Cam had some good football left in him. I can't believe that he's going. It's a, mostly an incentive-based contract, I believe. So he went there for pretty cheap, but he's got some money coming if he performs. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me, T. Higgins. Sorry, I had some stuff in my throat there. T. Higgins was our consensus five player. I actually had him ranked at six. Ryan had him a little bit up, so but he came in at five in our rankings. Six consensus rankings. There's a tie at six. So six and seven here. Uh, and the first one is Henry Ruggs. And the next one is Brian Edwards. Okay. Ryan, do you want to talk about that? And they're both Oakland Raiders. Or excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders. I, how, I don't know when I'm going to be able to make that, that change. It's going to bother me for a bit. But Henry Ruggs versus Brian Edwards in our rankings. They came in at an exact tie. Now, Henry Ruggs obviously had the – he was the first receiver off the board in the NFL draft. He had some pretty good draft capital. He came in at tied in our rankings. Explain. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking at our individual rankings right now to see where I can uh, see why that happened. Um, I see you have Edwards right in front of him, and I must have had Edwards right after him. Um, I, li- I like them both as, as, as a player. I, I'm curious to see how it ends up. The reason that I think I might have had Ruggs right ahead of Brian Edwards is, one, the draft capital. Two, I think they're going to force feed him the ball just to get hit. He's, he's so fast. He's, they might force feed him the ball to in, in screens, end arounds, those short, quick, intermediate rounds, and he can just take them to the house. So between those two things, I, I do like Ruggs just a hair better than Edwards. But I, I, I can definitely see a possibility where Edwards is going to be the number one wide receiver there, like the big X wide receiver. Now, they might have similar stats each year. But either way, I like both of them going forward. The QB play there could be a little dicey at times if we're looking for kind of a car turnaround or a replacement quickly, hopefully. But I like both the players. Uh, Ruggs. He was, I was hot and cold on him at times, but you can't deny the fact that he was the first wide receiver off the board and how fast he is. I didn't love his route running, uh, but they probably won't even need him to run routes the way, the way that he runs. And then Brian Edwards, on the other hand, I love the guy. He's huge, and I, I thought he moved really well when I was watching him on film. He ran really good routes for being this massive guy, and then he broke 29 tackles during the season on top of it. The guy's an absolute beast. Then he had an Odell catch during the year, so you know he can – catch the ball in crazy places so I mean I love both wide receivers uh Oakland is just obviously the reason they're not higher is because they are in Oakland I think for me at least 
but yeah, I like them both. Yeah, they're both nice players. One thing that you uh, and just for the the listeners out there, <clears throat> uh, just so you guys know, we we do these podcasts and we do them on uh, Zoom meetings so we can see each other and just kind of since Ryan and I aren't able to to be in the same room together, uh, we're about an hour and twenty minutes away from each other. Uh, but Ryan, he's got his polo on. He's got the chest lettuce out. So if there's a, you know, any ladies listen, he, he's got that chest lettuce popping out. And, uh, but to go back to Henry Ruggs and, and Brian Edwards, the thing you need to know about Brian Edwards is his breakout age. When did he achieve a, a 20% dominator rating for his team? When did he achieve a yardage when he got yards for his team? Well, it happened at 17 years old, which is just unheard of in the SEC, let alone at any time. So I, I, that's why I had Brian Edwards just ahead of him. I think they're both nice players. You know, we eventually we fall off here um, and the tears kind of fall off. But those guys are both really nice receivers, and I'm happy if I'm an owner of them. So that's who we had tied there. Um, so at our 6-7 there is Ruggs and Edwards. Our eighth player consensus rankings was Denzel Mims. And I actually had Denzel Mims at five. And the reason being is I loved Denzel Mims's profile. I loved his athleticism. He ran a great 40 at the combine. Okay. He has great hands. I can see him being a phenomenal red zone guy. And I'm struggling to come up with a comparison for Denzel Mims, but I just feel like opportunity knocks there. I mean, Jamison Crowder, nobody else is there. And I'm not saying he's going to come out of the gates and just produce, but Denzel Mims, he's a guy that I, I would love to draft just as a project. And if I'm getting him in a late first round or early second, probably not late first, I'm sorry, but early second round, you got you to take Denzel Mims. So uh, he, you know, he came in at five in my rankings. You had him a little bit lower. He, that stuck him at eight in our consensus. I know you weren't as high on him. We've talked about him before, but I really like Denzel Mims. And I think he, he went to a good spot. I actually don't mind Darnold as a quarterback. He likes to sling it a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm on and off about Denzel Mims a little bit. I'm more off with, uh, with what I just saw with his route running. I, did, I didn't like how he, he just seems stiff out of his breaks. And for a big guy, yeah, he's got decent hands. But if, I, if he's making all these contested catches and – not getting any separation in college. I just, I'm having a hard time seeing how on a bad team with the Jets, how against an NFL wide receiver, he's going to, how he's going to fare. And it might take him a little bit longer to develop with, on a bad team. I mean, Darnold, Darnold is okay at, at quarterback, but with Gase there, I just wasn't a big fan. I had him down at number nine, I believe in my rankings and you had him at five. Um, so i definitely like him in like the two, four range. Two three is about where I would like him. Fish, you might have him a little bit higher if you got him at five, but yeah, I don't know. In a Big Twelve, who has really bad cornerbacks, I just didn't see any separation. Uh, didn't he didn't play fast? He ran fast, but he didn't. I didn't. See, I didn't feel like he played very fast. So that's where. That's why I got him where I'm at. Gotcha. No, and I I knew you weren't a big fan of him, and I think he went early second in our draft, and immediately as he got drafted, I. I looked at the owner and I said, hey, you know, what are the chances that we do a trade right now? And I was going to give up my second piece to get Mims. I, I just, I really wanted him and he went, you know, 
I, there was no way I was going to get him at 207. So number nine in our consensus rankings is Michael Pittman. And I know you like Michael a little bit more than I do, uh, but he, he goes to a pretty solid offense right now. I mean, Philip Rivers is the quarterback, Michael Pittman. You know, I'm not even really sure what to expect out of Pittman right out of the gates. And I'm going to actually defer this one to you since you like him a little bit more. Um, talk about your, I don't want to say love affair, but you, you like Michael Pittman. I mean, he's a big bodied guy for, out of USC there. And kind of, can we, can we kind of compare him to Mike Williams a little bit there and, and the Chargers and that, is that the kind of role he's going to fit in with Phillip or how, what do you see out of Michael Pittman? What I, what I saw is almost more, more of a complete wide receiver. Personally, I think he's got all the routes in his bag. So they're very similar build, I believe, to Denzel Mims. But the reason I had Pittman ahead of him is because I thought Michael Pittman played a lot faster than Mims. I saw him get a lot more separation. Um, he made contested catches also. And I saw him do a lot of those intermediate routes. I saw him go slants across the middle and then take one to the house. Um, and then he goes to the Colts where he's going to see immediate playing time, I believe. I think he's going to be the outside wide receiver, him and T.Y. Hilton. And I'm believe, I am I bet you Paris Campbell will be in that slot role. So I think he's going to get time right away. So I think he's going to develop quickly because the Colts, they have a great offensive line. And then they just brought in Phillip Rivers, who he's got a tad bit of a noodle arm. He's getting a little old, but he's still a, he's still a good quarterback. Like I would take him to lead my football team over Sam Darnold right now. Obviously not in Dynasty. I would take Darnold because he's like – 40 years younger but I, I just like I like that experienced quarterback with a rookie to kind of bring him up and develop him faster on a good offensive line and I think he's going to start right away paired with what I saw in film with his game speed and his catching ability and route running I just I like the player a lot yeah it's a and it's a good fit there in Indy and who knows where Phillip's going to be next year but I am a Phillip fan as well and He's one of the biggest trash talkers in the game. And at a quarterback, it kind of, it's just, you think somebody at quarterback would kind of keep their composure. He actually talks a lot of trash. And it's funny, I because he also coaches his younger daughters, or one of his daughter's basketball teams. I would love to coach against that guy. I mean, just Phillips over there on the bench in jeans, and I don't know if he yells at the refs. I don't know. I, it'd be interesting to see him coach. Anyways, that, uh, Michael Pittman came in at nine in our rankings. Number 10 in our rankings was Brandon Ayuk. And I actually, I think I had a little bit different, but he came in at 10 at our rankings uh, out of San Fran there. Debo Samuel, now this one's kind of a little interesting now. So Debo Samuel just had that Jones fracture on his foot. And if you're kind of keeping up there, uh, that Jones fracture is something that Julio's had in the past. It's something Kevin Durant's had. I know we're switching sports. But it's a fracture that can kind of linger and come back every now and then. And I know Debo went on Twitter and was like, you know, I'll be back better than ever. Don't worry about me. And I follow some – I'm really big into following uh, fantasy doctors on Twitter. And I just – I trust their word on it. And they're typically right. But they were not huge fans of that injury, and they kind of scared them long term. Uh, just something – because Debo, I want to say, is – is he 25 already? And he's his second year in the league, right? No, I think he's 24. Okay. Well, well he, he, might even, he might even be 23. Hold on. No, he's 24 already, yeah. Okay, he's 24, turning 25. So that's his second year in the league. He has that Jones fracture. He's going to start off the season slow, I think. Uh, but Brandon Ayuk, 
he was not somebody I was incredibly, you know, in love with, but he's a nice player and it's kind of, it's going to be weird to see how that works out in San Fran. I don't, I don't know how that heavy run team, I don't know how that's going to look. That might be a situation where they're just trying to get him the ball and get him into space type of thing. I, I would not expect huge numbers out of Brandon Ayuk, uh, especially right away. Even with the Debo injury, it's not something I, I'm not going to see him, you know, light up the world. Even long-term, he was not a, you know, as, as quick as he was and stuff. I just wasn't somebody that I had high. So uh, I know you like him a little bit more than me, so maybe I'll defer to you here. Uh, you can talk about Brandon Ayuk for a minute. Yeah, I mean, I I think Debo and Ayuk are actually very similar players. I think they're both very good route runners, I thought, and they're both really good with the ball in their hand. Uh, they're dynamic playmakers. I was watching Ayuk film, and it seemed like every 10 plays, Ayuk was catching a short slant and then running 80 yards for a touchdown. Um, so with that Debo injury, if that is lingering or if he's not back for the beginning of the season, I think they would they have no choice but to use Ayuk as they use Debo like toward the end of the year. So I think you might even see bigger numbers early in the year and then maybe see it fade off when Debo comes back. But like you said, the volume is a little bit concerning, which is why he's at 10 in, a, in our top 10. Um, for me, it drops off a little bit after here. I do like Ayuk as a player. I was kind of disappointed when he went to San Fran. I do think he's going to see playing time, but that sustainability with, the, with that offense could be a little bit iffy. You're probably going to get a lot of boom or bust games out of him. Um, but a really nice player. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this have a, having a starting wide receiver most likely as a rookie at your 10 spot just goes to show you how, how stacked that class is for 2020. It's a very deep class at wide receiver. And you, you guys probably heard us there in the audience how much we like all these guys. It's not, it's, not, it's not like we're falling in love and telling you to go draft them all in the first round. But they're all very nice players with a lot of upside. Now I don't I don't I don't see personally I don't see a whole lot that 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 could that that would flop in, in my head I don't I don't I'm not seeing like I'm seeing these guys probably in the league at least producing wide receiver three numbers which is valuable to your dynasty teams not everybody gets the luxury of having a wide receiver three in, in their in their flex you know so I mean all these guys are pretty valuable and you got to get your hands on them if you haven't had your draft yet and if you have good for you. Maybe go out and try to acquire some that maybe slipped in your draft, but very deep class of wide receiver. And I do like a lot of them. Yeah. And it's just, if you look at history and everything, you're going to have guys that just don't hit. And it, that's where I struggle the most. And it's, I, like I sat at my second round pick this weekend, I didn't really like anybody too much who was available. So what did I traded him for next year's second. And I ended up grabbing Chase Claypool in the third, who actually came in as my number 11th ranked receiver, who just missed my top 10. Uh, so I was thrilled with that to get him in the third. But these receivers are nice. And, you know, any of the guys that we mentioned, if you're able to get them in at a decent time in the draft, then you probably did a really nice job. And you're, you're picking for value when you do. So that's our receiver rankings. Please be patient. Don't be that knucklehead that that gives up after year one and trades a guy for less than what you got him for in the draft. I hate that. I am a big time value guy. I'm not going to sell somebody right away for somebody that I, if I took somebody in the first round, I'm not going to sell them for a second the year after, but there's people that do don't be that sucker. Instead, go try and acquire somebody like that. And there's people that give them up every single year. Typically, um, typically I like to wait like three years. Typically like 
after the third year for me, if you see nothing or if he's still producing at wide receiver 50, I'm okay with getting rid of him most likely. Unless something drastic changes with the rosters or you hear some buzz coming from coaching staff. But Dynasty, it's called Dynasty for a reason. It takes time. You don't want to just ship these guys out right after year one unless somebody's willing to pretty much overpay for them because you got to let let them develop. You're not drafting rookies to start on your team, most likely. And if you are, you're probably going to get another really good rookie the next year because you're probably not very good. But that's what it, t- it takes time and patience to let these guys ride out on your bench for a couple of years. So, yeah, definitely. And Tyler made a good point there. Be patient. Yeah, great call there, Ryan. Um, make sure you visit our website. We're going to be all over Twitter here. Blockintheback.ff.com. We would love to hear what you think. Uh, the website, it looks good. It looks clean. It's got, you know, everything you need. Uh, fill out our team evaluators. See what we think of your team. Let's test that puppy out there and see what it does. Uh, Ryan, you got anything for the listeners? Any additional content that's that's been just whirling in your head here the last week or so? Otherwise, we'll we'll sign off here and give give the people uh you know, something else to do here but you got anything for us as we end this no just i mean a couple things upcoming in future pods we're we're looking into doing third year breakout players like we were just talking about waiting that third year um thinking about doing sophomore breakout players we might be doing a startup mock draft uh we might be bringing on a couple guests for that and then again our website you guys got to go check it out um, we got rankings, articles. We have a block in the back star score. We have a team evaluator. Um, and, and hopefully we can keep building off that and bring you guys more stuff, more content, and uh, some, more, some more awesome things at the website. So hopefully you guys enjoy it and let us know. You bet. Make sure you bookmark that. Man, blockintheback.ff.com. You're going to want to visit that one. All right. We want to thank you guys for listening to Episode 12, Dynasty Rookie Receivers, our consensus rankings. And thank you for those that have been following since day one. Uh, with our site coming up, we're hoping to have some merch here soon. We got to give some merch out, man. Got to give some merch out, especially the ones that have been day ones. So thank you guys for listening. Continue to tune in. We're going to keep, you know, busting out that content for you guys. Uh, and thank you for joining us at Block in the Back. Thank you for listening to Block in the Back Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Dynasty Fantasy Football related. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button, tell all your friends about us, and then hop on Twitter and give us a follow at Dynasty Block. Thank you, and remember, you are listening to Block in the Back.